We're looking into the word of the Lord, and I'll invite your attention to the book of Deuteronomy, the 20th chapter. Uh, I'm going to be speaking uh, tonight on the subject, Discovering Purpose in Fruitless Circumstances. Discovering Purpose in Fruitless Circumstances, and we're reading from the 20th chapter of the book of Deuteronomy, and I will read verses uh, 18 pardon me, 19 and 20. Deuteronomy chapter 20, verses 19 and 20. The word of the Lord says this, when thou shalt besiege a city a long time in making war against it to take it, thou shalt not destroy the trees thereof by forcing an ax against them. For thou mayest eat of them and thou shalt not cut them down. Don't cut the trees down. Because you may eat of them. And then he in parentheses we see the writing that helps us to understand this. For the tree of the field is man's life. To employ them in the siege. Verse 20. Only the trees which thou knowest that they be not trees for meat. Thou shalt destroy and cut them down. And thou shalt build bulwarks against the city that maketh war with thee until it be subdued. I want to speak to you about discovering purpose in fruitless circumstances. Probably safe to say that each and every one of us have gone through circumstances in life that seemed fruitless, yea, pointless. Many times we come out of certain situations and we wonder to ourselves, what in the world was that all about? Why was that even necessary? It seems to be so unnecessary. And so we wonder what is the point. We wonder, as the song said, we wonder why the test when we try to do our best. And then we're reassured, but we'll understand it better by and by. And so we have these moments in life, these seasons in life, these episodes in life. And I'll say, especially when trying to serve the Lord where you face certain battles, oppositions, adversities, and they seem to be, they seem to be difficult, and, and, and yes, they, they often seem to be pointless. They seem to be fruitless. And, and I want you to know, number one, that's not uncommon for a child of God to face circumstances of great adversity. As a matter of fact, the apostle Peter told us to not think it strange. He said, in fact, think it not strange when you endure the fiery trial. He said, in fact, it, you're, you're going to endure the fiery trial. The antithesis of that is true. That if you uh, are living for God, you can anticipate the fiery trial. And we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But we've chosen as a, as a, a primary text this passage from Deuteronomy chapter 20 that is dealing with the children of Israel taking and retaking land that is theirs by promise. We see here an analogy of how we are living for God because it's important for us to know that what we have in this kingdom of Christ, we are taking and retaking dominion that we lost in the Garden of Eden. So we are on a constant quest 
to, to retake what God has given to the man and woman that he created. That is God in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. So we are on this constant quest to retake the things that sin stole from us. So we, we need to know that it is, our, it is ours to have peace. It is, it, is a, it is meant for us to have joy. It is meant for us to live a life of contentment. It is meant for us to live a life of purity. It is meant for us to be at peace with God and with man. That is, that is the will of God. And so we, like Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 20, are taking and retaking Land And God is giving them instructions as to how they are to make war with a city. And he explains to them in verses prior to the ones we read that uh, they are first to come and announce their intentions. Uh, they're going to, they, they want to do this peaceably. They, they're to come and let them know, hey, this land belongs to us. God has given it to us. And uh, we're going to come in and we're going to take this land. And, uh, and don't worry, we're going to take care of you too. Everything's going to be all right. But if there's resistance to that, to the promise of God in their life, then they, God begins to teach them how to move in and actually besiege the land that the enemy now occupies. And there are great spiritual principles to understand here. The enemy should not occupy your mind. It's time to get your mind back. He should not occupy your family. It's time to take your family back. He should not occupy your finances. It's time to get your finances in order. He should not occupy the things that God has given you as a means of blessing in your life. And so the Lord told them, when you come into the city, he said, do not destroy the trees because the trees are there for food and they are to employ you in the siege. They are a part of this process. I put the trees in proximity to your battle plan on purpose so that when you are hungry, you will have meat to eat. We know from the very first instructions that God gave to man that he has given them the herb of the field and the plant life and vegetation to eat, to be sustained by. And it is no different in this battle plan. I want you to keep the trees in place because they're going to be part of how you survive this battle. And I want you to know that God has trees that bear fruit. Amen. And we talk a lot about that. We, in fact, are the tree of life. And we are the tree of life because the tree of life bears all manner of fruit. And the Bible says that the tree of life is on either side of the crystal river in the New Jerusalem. It's just everywhere. And every month it is producing fruit and it is bearing all manner of fruit. Every month it's bearing more fruit. And the leaves of the tree of life are for the healing of the nations. And we understand that that fruit is not a vague term. That fruit is not a, a, a nuanced uh, 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 idealistic concept, but the Bible is very specific about what is the fruit of the Spirit. It is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, amen, faith, patience, peace,
peace, meekness, and temperance. This is the fruit of the Spirit. And the Bible calls it in one place the peaceable fruit of righteousness. What does that mean? That means when there is righteousness, the righteousness produces fruit that is able to make peace. And, and that is what we as the tree of life are all about. We are here to produce fruit that is capable of making peace. We're not just peacekeepers, we are peacemakers. We don't just step into circumstances where peace already exists and try to prolong it, but we step into circumstances where peace does not exist, in fact, where strife exists, and we plant the flag of peace and say, there shall be peace in this place. Hallelujah. And the fruit of the Spirit is capable of making peace and making things good and making things uh, gentle. You know that word gentleness. We're going to talk about that uh, sometime. But all these different uh, angles of the fruit of the Spirit are so powerful to look into. But that word gentleness, there's a certain element of that word gentleness that actually means appropriate. And I love that because that's a fruit of the Spirit. Appropriateness is actually a fruit of the Spirit. Knowing how to conduct oneself appropriately is actually a fruit that comes from the Holy Ghost. And this fruit is a beautiful thing. How many remember various points in your life where God put love in your heart that didn't used to be there? Do you remember that? How many remember when God gave you peace when you seemed to be ridden with depression and strife? How many remember when God gave you peace? What about when unbelief just rolled over you and doubt prevailed, but God gave you faith to remove all doubt? How many remember that? Amen. I'm talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And, and that is very uh, paramount, especially here at the Tree of Life Church. We believe in it. We practice it. Uh, we're constantly hoping to live up to it. Amen. If we're not, we hit our knees in prayer and say, Oh God, help us be who you called us to be. Help us to be the Tree of Life. But God said, Don't destroy the trees that bear fruit because they are to employ you in the siege. They are there for food. But then God acknowledged the obvious in this passage and he said, but there are some trees that are fruitless. There are some trees that do not bear fruit. And I think that sometimes is where we get challenged. Challenged to think, well, if it doesn't bear fruit, what good is it? In fact, Jesus saw a fig tree that was to bear fruit and he cursed the fig tree that it withered and it died because it did not bear the fruit that it was to bear. And it had a pretty good excuse to not bear the fruit. The Bible says the time of figs was not yet. That's a pretty good reason for an apple tree not to produce apples. Anybody ever seen an apple tree loaded with apples uh, the day after Christmas in Cincinnati? Or on New Year's Day? No, because the time of fruitfulness was not yet. And yet Jesus cursed the fig tree and thus, thus establishing a spiritual principle that when we're talking about spiritual fruit, we're, we're here to tell you that spiritual fruit is to be constantly growing. 
It's not to be dependent on environment. This is a greenhouse, amen. This is a greenhouse, and it's to, it's to grow in all seasons and in all circumstances. But what about those trees that don't bear fruit? What about those experiences that seem fruitless? What about those, what about those interactions, those encounters, those episodes, those adversities that are fruitless, that are pointless, that don't make any sense, that just seem to be taking up space in our mind, these problems that develop that are fruitless. And I've come to tell you today that we need to discover God's purpose even in fruitless circumstances. We need to discover God's purpose even when things aren't going the way we want them to go. We need to know that when we live for God, we are always in the purpose and in the providence and in the will of the Lord. So that's something that we need to recognize right out of the gate. It may not be that that tree is meant for your food. It may be that that tree is meant for another purpose, but a purpose it has, you can take that to the bank. So the scripture teaches us that the Lord told them in Deuteronomy chapter 20 and verse 20, he said, if the tree is not for meat, if it's not something for fruitfulness, then I want you to cut that tree down and I want you to use it for bulwarks. I want you to use it for defense. I want you to use it as you wage war with the city that is resisting you. And this is what we learn from this and what we glean from this that regardless of what you face in life, every season, every time, every set of circumstances has a benefit to your walk with God. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. We are in his perfect will, and when we're in his perfect will, we don't have anything to worry about. Hallelujah. I want, to, I want to read to you from Romans chapter 8. And this, this great verse of scripture has been a comfort to many uh, saints of God who have walked with God through the years. In fact, you know right where I'm going, many of you. If you don't, enjoy this verse of scripture, Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know, hallelujah, I like the way he says that, and we know. There were many times he said, I know, but in this case he said, we know. This isn't just an individual understanding. This is something the whole church can relate to. We know that all things work together for the good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose. We know this. We may not know why, but I'll tell you what we do know. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. We may not know why we've got to go through it. We may not know how long it's going to take. We may not know what is going to happen next. But we do know that regardless of what we face, and regardless of what it is that comes against us, we know that all things work together for good. Hallelujah. But now good is a fruit of the Spirit. Goodness is a fruit of the Spirit. And, and 
And we know that somehow, some way, there's going to be purpose in this set of circumstances that we face. You may not be able to see the fruit hanging from the tree. You may not be able to point to it and say, oh yes, this is just exactly what I was hoping it would be. Or think to yourself, this is how I would have planned it. But I'm come to tell you that even if the tree doesn't bear the kind of fruit you want it to bring forth, hallelujah, that tree has purpose in your life. If it doesn't bear fruit, cut it down and make something good out of it. Hallelujah. Cut it down and make something good out of it. Hallelujah. And so Noah, God told him exactly what kind of wood to use to build the ark. It wasn't the kind of wood that produces the kind of fruit that you might find in your fruit salad. You might not know of a, a pie that has gopher wood fruit pie, but, but, but that's okay because it still has a purpose. And I want you to take that gopher wood and I want you to build an ark and this ark is going to serve a purpose. Maybe you didn't see the purpose before you started putting nail to that wood. Maybe it's not the fruit that you're going to benefit from. Perhaps it's the very wood of the tree itself. Moses, I want you to take the acacia wood and I want you to build the Ark of the Covenant. And I want that Ark of the Covenant to stand as a vessel that is visited by the glory and the mercy of God. The fire is going to fall upon that ark. Cherubims are going to stand hovering over that ark. The priest is going to enter in and interact with that ark in the holiest of all places. That acacia wood is going to be covered over with gold. Now you might not know of an acacia pie or an acacia cake, but I'll tell you that it still serves a purpose. Moses' mother, Jochebed, gathered an ark of bulrushes. And I don't know if you've ever had bulrush pie. I don't know if you've ever had bulrush uh, cobbler. I don't know. I just know that it has a purpose. It may not seem like it has much of a purpose, but it has a purpose. And the Bible says she made an ark of bulrushes. Now, now Moses' ark was little for the size of a baby. Uh, when, he was, when he was just a baby. But when he received the design of the Ark of the Covenant in the Holy Mountain, that was a, a much larger ark. It was an ark that had to be carried upon staves and by the priests of the Lord. It was not just one little mother could pick up that ark and put it in the river. That was a big ark. Noah's ark was much bigger than both of those arks. And I want you to know that God has an ark that will meet the need that you have in your life. God has an ark that will meet the need you have. How big is your need? And how small is your need? Do you need a little ark to put your baby in? God will meet the need of your child and God will meet the need of your family. It may seem small to some, but it's not small to God. There's a tree in that field that will fit the purpose and meet the need and provide in those circumstances. Hallelujah. How big is your problem? How global is your problem? I want you to know we've got some global problems going on right now. 
We've got some big, gigantic, global, international issues that are happening right now as we sit here in this place. And I've come to tell you, it's not lost on God. He told us about it coming and he's got an ark just the size of these global needs. There's no calamity he's unprepared for. There's no problem he's unprepared for. There's no issue you're facing on the job he's unprepared for. It might seem fruitless. It might seem fruitless, but I can promise you there's purpose in it. There's purpose in it. Praise God. There's purpose in it. Look for the purpose. Discover the purpose even in fruitless circumstances. As a matter of fact, I'll go on and further. I'll, I'll say it like this. The, 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 the less noticeable that the purpose is, the more intriguing it ought to be. Because I know God's up to something. I know God's up to something. I know that when I walk out of the house that God is walking out with me and he's already gone before me. Every person I interact with, God had me interact with them on purpose. Hallelujah, everything going on in my world has some kind of connection to the purpose of God in my life. Oh, hallelujah. I want to awaken purpose in somebody today. You're not living by happenstance. You're not living simply circumstantially. You are living according to the purpose of God. Even if it seems purposeless, even if it seems fruitless, God's got a purpose for the thing you think is fruitless. Don't, don't cut down that tree if it's bearing fruit. But if, even if it's not bearing fruit, it might look like just a big old oak in the middle of some place that doesn't matter and doesn't mean anything. I'll use it for my glory. I don't know why the layoff. God will use it for his glory. I don't know why the closed door. God will use it for his glory. I don't know why they turned against me. God will use it for his glory. Don't, 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 don't dismiss that tree. Hallelujah. God will use it for his glory. He'll use it as a bulwark against the enemy. He'll use it as a defense against the adversary. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hey, I want to tell you something. We don't believe in coincidence. Now here's what the Bible says, okay? The Bible says time and chance happeneth to all men. But I want you to know that means all men. And the thing that all men have in common is that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Time and chance happen to all men. That is correct. That's a part of our fallen nature. That's a part of this fallen world. There are things connected to happenstance and coincidence, but... When you step into Christ, you step out of chance and into purpose. When you repent of your sins and you turn away from that thing that brings death and you turn away from that thing that gives you a fallen nature and you turn away from that thing that subdues you to the principalities of this world and you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you're a new creature in Christ. All things are passed away and all things are become new. 
And I'm gonna tell you, one of the old things that passes away is my dependency on time and chance. If you're not in Christ, yeah, you might be subject to time and chance. There might be stuff happen to you that didn't necessarily have to happen. But when you're in Christ, I can be confident that my steps are ordered of the Lord. And I am not subject to time and I'm not subject to chance. I'm not subject to coincidence. The word of God is leading me. The spirit of the Lord is guiding me. I'm praying every day. I'm in his word. I'm putting faith in his name. And he's leading me and guiding me. This is why I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. It doesn't matter if it's good times. Bless the Lord. It doesn't matter if it's bad times. Bless the Lord. It's going to be in my mouth to praise him. To lift him up. To worship his own. Holy name. Hallelujah. Because I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that his purpose is being fulfilled in my life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm going to tell you something. And you know what? Here's the deal, right? We have confidence in God. How many have confidence in God? I do want to see a show of hands. I want to see, I want to see both hands. Hallelujah. I have confidence in God. We serve a mighty God. He's a great God. He's the everlasting God. He's the sovereign God. Hallelujah. Oh, power in heaven and earth belongs unto him. There's nobody like him, nobody above him, nobody beside him. He's great, and he's greatly to be praised. The issue isn't our confidence in God. The issue is our lack of confidence in us. I don't want to see a show of hands here. When I ask how many of you just really believe you're going to always get it right. You don't worry about that. I already know. I'm seeing the show of hands right now. Nobody feels like they're going to always get it right. We know God is great. It's not God I'm concerned about. It's, it's me. It's my tendency to mess things up. It's my tendency to get off track. It's my tendency to, to miss the will of God, to step out of his plan, to step off his path and into fruitless circumstances. I know God is great, but I don't think I'm so great. Well, let me tell you something. You're, you and I were right about that. We're not all that great, but God is great. And he's so great that he's greater, hallelujah, than we are at being not so great. He is so great that he can handle when we step off the path. Do you hear what I'm telling you? I'm telling you that all you've got to do right now, if you feel like you've messed up the will of God in your life, is to call out to him and cry out to him and say, God, forgive me. God, help me. God, I messed up. God, I need to get back on the right road. I'm telling you that God is so good that your lack of goodness is not greater than his goodness. Stop putting more confidence in your ability to mess things up than you have in his ability to take care of what you messed up. I have more confidence that God is able than I have confidence that I'm unable. I believe that God is going to take care of this. 
I believe that God is going to work on my behalf. I believe that God is going to take maybe what I messed up and he's going to turn it for the good. I believe that God can take what others have done unto me and turn it for the good. Hallelujah. The Bible says, I will not fear what man shall do unto me. It was, it was his confidence in God that caused him to say, I shall not fear what man can do unto me because God is able to turn it around. Famously, Joseph said to his brothers, you meant it unto me for evil. You, you meant it unto me for evil. You put a tree in my life that had no good fruit on it whatsoever. You put a, an obstacle in my path that, 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 didn't, that, that would have starved me if that's all I had. But God meant it for the good. God cut that tree down and built a boat out of it and put me in the middle of that boat and set me sail on the sea of God's purpose. Hallelujah. And I don't know what you've been dealt and I don't know what you've received in your life. I don't know what they just diagnosed you with. I'm in the Holy Ghost now. I don't know what they've diagnosed you with. I, I don't know what fears lurking in the back of your mind. But I want you to know that if you put it in the hands of God, Hey, let me tell somebody today that God has a plan for your life and your mistakes and your mess ups and the efforts by others to throw you off course. None of those things are powerful enough for God's plan to be averted if you put it in his hands. Hallelujah. He'll let you go your own way if you're determined to, but if you'll humble yourself and say, Lord, I don't understand these circumstances. It doesn't seem, how many have ever asked the question, what good can come of this? I do want to see a show of hands real quick, anybody. What good can come of this? Good is a fruit of the Spirit. And I don't just, I'm sorry, I just don't see any good coming from this. Well, maybe there is no good coming from that as fruit. But God will turn it for the good. Hallelujah. It, it, sometimes it's not fruit you need. Sometimes it's resources you need. Sometimes it's bulwarks you need. Sometimes it's defenses you need. And I want you to know that God has a tree already planted. <laughs> Hallelujah. I remember Brother B.J. Thomas was the superintendent of the Arkansas District. And there at the Arkansas District campground was a... Uh, there was a his his son actually was involved in a in a, uh, a, a crash a plane crash and it and it and it hit that one of those trees and it would have taken his life and uh, and and yet because it hit that tree 
he was spared. His life was spared. And I remember Brother Thomas, big tears welled up in his eyes. And he said, he said that oak tree stood there as the, as the obstacle to my son dying. And he said, when that little acorn hit that ground, however many years ago, God was allowing to grow there a tree that would prevent my son's death all that many years ago. I want you to know that God is looking ahead for you. Hallelujah. And when we put our confidence in him and our faith in him, we can be confident that regardless of what happens and what comes our way, that we can trust that God is in control. Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 29. If you, if you need a verse for tomorrow, it is, listen, wake up and read this verse and be blessed by it. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Hallelujah. Saith the Lord. I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Saith the Lord. I'm going to say that again. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Don't you be worried about what anybody else is thinking toward you when God said, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. And let me tell you something about God's thoughts. Everybody else in this room, including me, our thoughts are opinions. But God's thoughts are not opinions. His thoughts are everlasting truth. Forever settled in the heavens. That's God's thoughts. Hallelujah. And I want you to know, if somebody walks up to you and tells you, maybe somebody flatters you, this is why you just can't believe, you can't get caught up in flattery and you can't get caught up in being criticized. You know, we've all got flatterers and we've all got critics. If you've got a, if I've got a flatterer that comes up and tells me, you are just wonderful, you're just excellent, you're just magnificent. I know not to, not to take that completely. I, I like to chew on a little while and maybe bl be blessed by it for a moment or two. But I know that that's an opinion and it doesn't necessarily represent truth. And, 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 and thusly, if somebody else walks up and says, you're a no good, good for nothing, low down, dirty, rotten, I know not to get too beat up by that because... That's their opinion. That's, they, might, they might be more accurate than the, than the other one, but, but, but that's their opinion. And, and so you can't let flattery get to your head and you can't let criticism get to your heart. Here's what matters. God said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Hallelujah. Only his thoughts matter. His thoughts are not people opining about you. His thoughts are absolute truth. God says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. He said, listen to what he called them. He said, they are thoughts of peace, Woo! not of evil. Did you know that the thoughts of God toward you are thoughts of peace and not of evil? What do we think? We're waiting for the next shoe to drop. We're waiting for the next bad news to come. I've even heard people say when things are going good, I've even heard people say things are going so good right now, I'm waiting for it to turn bad. And I said to that, I said, no, no, no. I've, I've even said to that, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Don't think that way. Put your confidence in God and say, God, now listen, you can create an environment where bad things can happen. You can create an environment. And 
regardless of what you do or don't create, bad things can happen. But, but when you put your confidence in God and you're in Christ and you're walking in the spirit, not fulfilling the lust of the flesh, you can know beyond the shadow of a doubt that God is ordering your steps. And if I'm here, I'm here on purpose. And if I'm there, I'm there on purpose. And if I'm facing this, I'm facing it on purpose. Hallelujah. I don't know why I showed up on the battlefield when Goliath marched out, but I did and he did. And here we go. God has a purpose for it all. I'm not going to run and hide. I'm not going to retreat. I'm not going to cower. No, I'm here on purpose. And I don't need Saul's armor. God delivered the bear into my hand. God delivered the lion into my hand. And he'll do the same here and now. Hallelujah. I love what David said. He said, the same God. Sometimes you got to get busy talking about the same God. You know the same God that dried the tears from your eyes. You know what I'm talking about. The same God who picked you up out of that pit of despair. The same God who healed your body. The same God who gave you sanity back in your mind. I'm going to tell you the same God that filled you with the Holy Ghost and washed your sins away is the same God that's going to give you the victory that you need right now. In these fruitless circumstances, when there's no good coming from this, God's going to give you victory. Hallelujah. It may not come when you want it. It may not come how you want it, but it's going to be right on time. Hallelujah. And it's going to be in order when it happens. And you look back. Oh, I wish I could preach it like I feel it. You're going to look back over your life and think things over and say, God has been good to me. God has been good to me through every long trial in every sleepless night hallelujah can I get a witness in the house of God tonight hallelujah when I didn't think I could face another day God was good to me when I wanted to run and hide and never see the light of day again God has been good to me when I saw no good coming from these circumstances whatsoever God has been good to me when there was no gentleness and there was no peace and there was no love there was still purpose There was still purpose. There was still purpose in all of it. In all of it, God was still glorified. And victory was still had. Hallelujah. God, I give you praise. I'll never stop praising his name. I'll never stop praising his name. I've got a reason to praise his name. Hallelujah, I've got a reason to lift him up. Hallelujah, I've got a reason to magnify the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory, the Bible says that our time is in his hands.
Our time, our time is in his hands. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 explains to us, these are the writings of Solomon. And, and, and they say this is toward the end of his life, Solomon. And, and he writes in this, in this book of Ecclesiastes about everything, everything, everything. Look at your neighbor, tell him everything. I'm not talking about here and there, now and then. I'm talking about everything. To everything there is a season. To everything there is a time. To every purpose under the heaven. I'm going to tell you the purpose of God reigns supreme in all of these times. Whether it be a time to be born or a time to die. A time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up. A time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance. A time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to cast away, a time to a time to sow, a time to keep silence, a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time of war, a time of peace. There is purpose in all of it. Even when there's no fruit, there's purpose. Hallelujah. Even when you, you can't taste and see that the Lord is good, you can still know and believe that there is purpose. Hallelujah. Even when you can't, listen, let me tell you something. We don't know everything and we don't know what's going to happen next week and we don't know what's going to happen next year and we don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. But I'm going to tell you what we do know. We do know that our Redeemer liveth. I tell you what I do know. There's some things I don't know, but there's some things I do know. I do know in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed against that day. You hear what I'm telling you? There's some things I don't know, but I'm anchored in what I do know. What I do know gives me peace about the things I don't know. We do know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them that are the called according to his purpose Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse number 3 listen to what the Bible says sorrow is better than laughter sorrow is better than laughter notice verse 2 listen to this it is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. For that is the end of all men and the living will lay it to his heart. In other words, the house of mourning will depict for you the end of your life. And, and if you're wise, you will ponder it there in the house of mourning. Verse three, sorrow is better than laughter for by the sadness of the countenance the heart is made better verse number four the heart of the wise is in the house of mourning but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth it is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools he's telling you it's better to go to a funeral than to a birthday party 
because the funeral will make you pause and think that's going to be me one day and I'd better be right with God. That's what he's telling you. It's better for you to sit there and ponder the seriousness of this thing called life and death than it is for you to act like it doesn't exist and just prance and dance around like there's, like there's nothing to, to come your way. I want you to know that even sorrow has purpose. The house of mourning. I, 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 there's just, I know, it doesn't seem like there's any fruit in the house of mourning. I see no fruit. I smell, I taste no fruit in this house of mourning. And here the wise man is saying, yeah, it may not be fruit as you would call it fruit, but it still serves a purpose. And it's still gonna give you the victory and help you win the battle. Hallelujah. I'm gonna win this thing in Jesus' name. How many gonna win this thing in Jesus' name? I'm coming through. I'm coming through. I am determined. Hallelujah. I am determined. I'm going to make it. Hallelujah. I'm in Jesus. Let me tell you how I know I'm going to make it. Because he did it already. And I'm in him. And if I'm in him and he's already won, that makes me more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. More than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I want somebody that needs a word from the Lord right now. I want you to Lift both hands and lift your voice unto God and say, God, help me, Lord, to find and discover purpose in these fruitless circumstances, in these pointless times, in these times of great struggle, in these times of great strife and uncertainty. Help me know, hallelujah, beyond the shadow of a doubt that you are with me and you will never leave me and you will never forsake me. Oh, come on, let's lift up a praise unto God right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want you to stand with me right now if you can. I want you just to stand with me with hands uplifted in the name of the Lord all across this house. With hands uplifted and voices raised. I want us to begin to bless the Lord in the middle, in the middle of these uncertain moments of your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're going to discover purpose even in fruitless times. We're going to discover purpose even in times of sorrow and sadness. Hallelujah. We're going to discover the purpose of God even when things aren't going the way we want them to go. Even the way, even when things have turned out differently than we had hoped they would turn out. God is going to be magnified. God is going to be glorified. God is going to be exalted. God is going to be exalted. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel a witness in the Holy Ghost right now. I feel a witness in the Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah. I'm opening these altars for somebody to come right now that said, I will not die. I will not die in this dilemma. I'm not giving up in this hour. God is with me. He has never left me. God is for me and eating for me. Who can be against me? I can make it. I can make it. I can make it. Come on, that's it. That's it. That's it. Bring that. Bring that praise to God. And bring that uncertainty to God. God's going to turn these fruitless trees. These trees that you don't know the point of them. These circumstances that you wish never even would have shown up. God's going to turn them into one of the greatest, 
monuments in your life for his glory. Come on, let's sing it in the name of Jesus.